It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, September 19th. LA Galaxy coming off of a 4-1 stomping of the Colorado Rapids. Have they peaked too soon? That's a mountain joke, just in case you missed that. Just wanted to start off with a good one. Galaxy get four four goals. We're going to talk about the goal scores, talk about what it means, maybe what it doesn't mean, but obviously everything now focused on what possibly the playoffs could mean and what that could do for the LA Galaxy coming up here very, very soon. So glad to have everybody here. Glad you're joining us and to help us on this wonderful day. He's back in the saddle again, which I think is a Western uh, of, of song of some sort. It's uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going? Hey, I like that intro. Yeah. For those of you who are wisely listening and not viewing, because you don't want to look at me, I agree with you. But those of us, or those of you who are watching, saw a countdown, 10, 10, 9, 8, 7, sort of like a NASA launch. And then the word showtime comes up. Yes. Very cool. But by the way, yes. it's the time for the show. So it's it's showtime, not Showtime, one word, like no, you have it. No, no. That, that it, is like the Lakers. It should be showtime, two words. No, it's it's definitely one word. Um, and the reason I know is because I downloaded that exactly that way and didn't touch it. So it's definitely showtime. Exactly is the way I had it. Just one word. And, and, and by the way, we kind of pull the drapes back a little bit on this show. You were telling me you are my podcasting sensei. Yes. And you, you were telling me only two available, uh, two emotions are allowed. Uh, only two emotions podcasting. are allowed in podcasting. Yes. Tell everybody what the two emotions are. They are excited uh-huh. and mad. No, no excited like and angry. Exciting and angry. angry. Mad is just like to me. Mad is too simplistic. It's angry. Yeah. You have to have a reason. But, but not not tired like you are, or kind of like not, I am. I so, I'm so tired, you, you want, but I will be excited. You, you want me to come on here and say I can't believe how pissed off, pissed off I am about my excitement. Yes, that's, that's what you want. That's okay. pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I'm, right. I'm glad we got that out of the way so, uh, early. I'll try um, to do that. I, I wanted to say that before we even started this show, we had a five dollar super chat. That's how awesome. So wow. shout out to Gary, uh, whose super chat doesn't show up anymore. And so I said, thanks, Gary. And it's the first message on here. And everybody's like, who's Gary? So Gary gave us a $5 super chat. We appreciate that, Gary. Um, we're going to Sizzler. We're going Sizzler. <laughs> that's a good idea. Uh, surprise, Kevin. How this is, You know, that's actually a pretty good podcast emotion. Anything with a lot of, you know, um, like, wow. uh, energy, energy behind. Whoa, amazing. Uh, surprise. That galaxy had a lot of energy. And, and I kept asking you when we were going to find out what happened to the to the galaxy and who these people were in their uniforms were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen that team. That That's a <laughs> whole like new team. They're body doubles or something. 
It was, um, it's so weird because you go to the, it's like the juxtaposition of the Vancouver game, right? You three, nothing loss, the galaxy look listless. You know, we talked about possession without uh, purpose. Um, and then really the complete exact opposite. And I want to say from the very beginning, don't get too excited. I'm the, I'm allowed to be excited. You're allowed to be excited, Kevin, but nobody else is allowed to be excited because we have seen, well, we can be angry. <laughs> we can be angry because that's an acceptable emotion. Well, well they, you, people should be angry that they haven't seen that particular LA galaxy okay. team more. All right. But at the same time, we've seen this galaxy team, maybe not to this extent. I found them possibly as, as pointed. And whenever I say pointed, it was, it sort of means like as focused on a goal and on, accomplishing the game plan as pointed as I've ever seen them be sort of be. They were decisive with the ball. They knew what they wanted to do. And as much as, and people have been getting on Greg Vanny a a whole bunch about the possession and not necessarily, you know, winning games. Um, If it wasn't for the red card to Douglas Costa, the galaxy would have dominated that game by a lot. The possession would have been at least over 60% for the galaxy because of the red card to Douglas Costa in the second half that dropped a little bit with Colorado getting more of the ball. That's I, I feel pretty confident in saying that because the Galaxy were dominant with the ball. But then when they decided to attack Kevin, it was like the counterattacking that we've seen. But they had the ball when they started it, right? So this is not that wasn't necessarily a counterattacking game that I saw. I saw a team that was controlled in possession, exploited the weaknesses that Colorado had, and then full force, a hundred percent. We're going to score a goal and we know where everybody's going to be. There were no or relatively few missed passes on the night in the final third of, you know how like a lot of times Araujo will get to the end line, Kevin, and he'll go to cut it back and Chicha will be like, Oh, I'm making the run to the near post though. Right. Or he'll, or, or Araujo will hit it to the near post. Chicha's like, Oh, but I was cutting back. There was none of that. Everybody knew where everybody was. It was, it was impressive. A couple of things. Um, I would not have been surprised to see this kind of game and this result against San Jose, a team that's completely out of it and really has little to play for. I, I think San Jose could play a good game this weekend. I mean, it's the California Classic. Hope, you know, they may get up for it. But my point was, when I, when I saw how badly the, the, the Galaxy were dominating in this game, I was surprised that it came against Colorado because Colorado still had a lot to play for. They're still in this thing. They needed that result. The Galaxy coming off that horrible game in Vancouver, the only thing I can think of is they really had – it was gut-check time. They had to prove themselves. Um, and, and I do – you know, those, those of you out there who have been calling for, for Greg Vanny to be sacked, I think this is what Greg Vanny – this is the way he wanted the team to play all year. You, We remember he comes to every post-game press conference and, and sort of alludes to and, – and Derek Williams and others have talked about too – people not listening to the coach, not listening to Greg and, and not – not putting in practice what he's been trying to teach them. I think they finally got it right this time. I think this was the kind of game that Greg Vanny had had asked for them to play and, and coached them to play all season. They, and they finally put it together for whatever reason. But the two linchpins to this game, right, the two goals and then the three assists from Ricky Puig, it was Brugman and Puig, the two guys who are new to the team, um, that really, uh, you know, I know Chicharito had a good goal and, and a lot of uh, Costa had a good game until the red card, but it was really Brugman and, and Ricky Puig that I think made the difference. Ricky Puig, you spell his name. Pouge. You I, just have to say still, it differently. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I spent too much time around Yasiel. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me. I understand. I understand. It's all, it's all difficult. It's all difficult. Um, no, I mean, for me, I just thought it was, um, 
it, it, you know, one, the lineup, the, the, the decisive sort of four, three, three, this is, there's, there was no question about anything in this, Kevin, it was a four, three, three. It wasn't like, Oh, well maybe this person's going to play here or maybe this person's going to play here. And the answer to that was no, it's a four, three, three. You knew exactly sort of how it lined up. You saw Grant Sir on the left-hand side. You saw Chicharito in the center. You saw Douglas Costa on the right-hand side. Those were three forwards playing in a forward position. And then the midfield with Pooj and Brugman and Delgado, you knew those were the three midfielders and with Edwards and, and and Martin uh, Caceres and and Koulibaly and Julian Araujo, um, you know, every you knew where everybody's position was. The interesting thing was Greg talked about afterwards was uh, was certainly how involved Edwards and Araujo got. And Vanny even said specifically this, that he said, we gave Julian the green light. We wanted him to know that he could go forward, he could attack and that we would cover him defensively. And we wanted him to feel confident in that. And it's hard to say. We've watched a lot of games from Julian Araujo. We've watched him play very well. But in recent memory, a 200% improvement from what Julian Araujo usually is, you know, on a on a day-to-day basis. Whether that this is a one-off, we'll see. But that was the way that you expect Julian Araujo to play. And that's what all these teams around the world are watching Julian Araujo right now, right? They're like, hey, is is that like, you know, is this the guy we're going to get or is this the possibility of the guy we're going to get? If we can develop him a little bit more, is that that guy we're going to get? Because Julian Araujo, you can talk about you can talk about Brugman had two goals. He played excellent. You can talk about Ricky, Ricky Pooj, who had three assists. We'll talk about the three assists and what that really means right in the game, but was was instrumental in everything he had. For me, one of the best players on the field was Julian Araujo, and he's not going to get the credit that he probably deserves just because the other there's a whole bunch of other people who are probably in line in front of him, right? But I thought Araujo played one of his, maybe his best game this season, and maybe it's his best game in the last couple seasons. Well, and you mentioned he had the ability to push forward. When we've seen that in the past, there always seems to be a breakdown somewhere. Either the person that's supposed to cover for him doesn't, um, or, or Julian pushes forward too far. There's always a problem with the player playing in front of him, even going back to Allison Drini when he was here, uh, you know, the right winger coming up always had problems with Allison Drini not, not tracking back. The interplay between Araujo and, and Costa, I think, was great. Um, they seemed to sort of know each, where each other was. They worked well together. No one got caught too far up. No one got caught too far back. And as you were mentioning before he came on, it was those two who actually set up that that really sweet Chicharito goal. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, and it, it just – it feels – it felt different and it felt like, but, but again, we, we've seen, we felt different about this team a couple times, Kevin, we've, we've seen them play teams like LAFC or Austin where, you know, the four, one game against Austin, you have to go back and say, wow, you know, look at this team, look how good they're playing. Look at, look at amazing how they're flying around. So we have seen a version of this team. Um, but on the night at least, and listen, let's, let's be very clear. Colorado looked like a doorstop out there. They were traffic cones. There was not a lot they were able to do on the entire night. And the only reason they got one goal was because of Douglas Costa's red card in the 61st. Um, uh, overall, yeah, they had some half chances and some things like that, but really there wasn't, there wasn't that much for them and they didn't play that well. Right. I mean, uh, Greg talked about how good of a team they are. Um, and normally they, they are, at least they compete through that midfield. There was no competition through the midfield and whether we can say definitively that was because Delgado and Brugman and Pooch were so outstanding that you're, you're like, oh, well they just tore apart Colorado or whether it was because Colorado was playing like traffic cones, which certainly seemed to be the case for a well, lot of the night I too. Mean, you know, Colorado has been so good the last couple of years under Robin Frazier. And so I'm a little surprised that Robin Frazier did not have them ready to play in this game, but I don't know how much it's his fault and, and maybe management's fault. I mean, this team is not as a shadow of the team 
that did so well last season. Yeah. I mean, they lost, you know, Kellen Acosta. They lost another midfielder to Europe. Um, it's just not the same team. And you're right. They look like traffic cones. And poor Yarborough in, in goal, it was like a duck in a shooting gallery. Yeah, yeah except let's be very, very clear. And uh, I talked about being pointed in terms of like being focused on what the game plan was and getting shots in good spots. And Greg Vanny talks about finishing plays. The LA Galaxy, I believe, had a season high 12 shots on target off of a total of 20 shots. Now, that means that you are you have a, what, eight, eight shots that didn't make the target, right? Four shots were blocked. So really, when you think about it, only four shots off target all night. Does that sound like an LA Galaxy team? We, we haven't seen that LA Galaxy team. Usually, they're launching them into row Z back behind yeah. the goal. That was not this game. And yeah, so people need to wear football helmets if they sit behind the goal. And they're going to start putting up get, one of those nets. They're going to have to put up the nets like an MLB uh, pretty soon. That's usually the way they do it. But that's also... And then I want to point this out because that's one thing, right? So the accuracy, the, the good shots, pick, taking good chances... Um, and completing them and converting them. Um, but the the other side, or, or at least the, the flip side of that, is that the XG, the LA Galaxy's XG on the night, not as high as you would expect with four goals, 1.9, so two, basically two, and they got four goals. But having said that, if you watch any of the goals that were scored, you can't tell me n- those weren't all good shots. And, and in terms of, yes, some of them were outstanding, especially Raheem Edwards and his run, uh, his endless run that kept going and kept going um, was was great. And his XG isn't that high for that goal just because of the run he has to make and from where he's shooting and, and just the coverage there, right? The XG is probably, actually, that was probably one of the higher ones. Brookman probably has the low XG ones because he was shooting from outside doing those things. But at the same time, when we sit there, we say, well, they didn't generate a lot from their expected goals. They actually way overperformed. But if you watch that game, it's like Chicharitos is probably one of the higher XG just because the area he's scoring from. But that's a ridiculously difficult goal to score from there. So everything sort of matches up for me. People want to take knocks at the Galaxy for not creating. I think they created a ton of chances in this game and they converted what, the chances. What What was I saying last week? It, it, you know, the Galaxy were getting no wide play from the wingers. So we have two wingers contributing to, to the goals. Edward scoring one, and then and his first goal since 2019, by the way, and then uh, Araujo setting up uh, the Chicharito goal. So right. play coming from outside the box on the wings. Bergman's two goals from outside the box. This is what the Galaxy needed to do. Defenses knew that they were only going to shoot from inside the box. It was only going to be close range stuff. They rarely shot from outside. Nothing ever happened. Nothing came into the box from the wings. Right. The Galaxy turned all that on his head. Two two goals set up from or one scored and one set up from the wings and and two other shots from outside the box. Yeah. Um, by the way, a $2 super chat for Paul. Paul says, Josh, do you want to see Chicharito in LA next season? I do, Kevin. I want to see him in LA. He can come visit the LA Galaxy. Was, <laughs> I, I think that's that's fine. I don't know. I'm very confused. We're going to talk about it because I want to segue from your assists. We're going to talk about assists and the goals. So hold on one second. I want to get to the other one. Um, $2, a $2 super chat from uh, in, Loving, in Living Color Abroad uh, says, Galaxy are counterattacking a team. Eh, mm, mm, yes, that's where they play. let's put it this way. I will amend that. If you would have talked to me before the Colorado game, I would have said, yes, the LA Galaxy are counting your attacking team. Do you want to know what I really feel after the Colorado team is uh, is I feel the Galaxy are a speed team. And when they play with speed um, and they play with purpose, uh, they are very much uh, or very difficult to play against. 
Well, and that's the definition of a counterattacking team, just like a fast-breaking team. You say, <laughs> but, oh, our basketball team is very fast. Well, it's going to fast-break it at, at some point. They would have had, again, if there wasn't for a red card, the Galaxy would have had 60 65% possession in that game throughout the entire game, and they would have won the game 4 to nothing. That you can't tell me that's a counterattacking team when you have that much possession. Yes, they took their chances quickly, but again, some of that came from within possession. I mean, you know, listen, Raheem Edwards, that's a solo goal, right? There's, <laughs> I don't know that you can call it a counterattack or anything else. It was a ball that came back from Martin. He, he played it sort of in front of Raheem. Raheem told us this after the game. Raheem goes, he played it out in front of me, so I knew I had to take it forward. And then he goes, and I just kept running. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. I think I got lost in there a couple times. And then I went over. And then the best part, Raheem explaining it to us was, uh, he goes, he goes, and then I'm like, these guys don't think I'm really going to shoot with my right foot, right? Ah, I guess I'll try. And so he brings it over to his right foot and he cuts them. He chops them. And he's like, wow, they did think I was going to shoot with my right foot and bring it back over to his left foot where he hits a curler up and over a uh, Yarborough over into the over into the side netting. So, I mean, that's an individual goal. That isn't even a counterattacking goal. Yes, it's quick on a movement, but that's a, that's an individual goal in terms of there was very many Colorado players who were set and in position to be able to stop that. And they didn't. So that's great. Um, but otherwise, it's quick movement for me. And that's not necessarily counterattacking, especially whenever it comes from where I think there's possession. Um, and so I thought the galaxy did a great job of using the possession to control the game and then exploiting and finding spaces to, to erupt this. And we can't not talk about the fact that Kevin Cabral doesn't start this game. Uh, we can't not talk about the fact that Victor Vasquez is on the bench as well. And we can't not talk about how Sam Grancier in that more forward left wing position looked very, very comfortable all night. And his pass to Bergman is one of those beautiful little passes that we've seen very rarely from the LA galaxy, but an outside of the foot right footed pass that cuts between two defenders into a back line with Brugman starting a run from sort of deep into central midfield and comes all the way through the line. I mean, Greg Vanny would have talked for two hours about that goal just because it's everything that he loves to see uh, the movement, Kevin and the run dictating the pass. Brugman takes off well before Grand Sur is going to hit that ball. But as soon as he takes off, uh, Grand Sur is like, oh, I can play this in behind. And he does. And it happens. But that run starts a good two or three steps before Grand Sur is going to hit that ball. So you think this was probably the Galaxy's best complete, most complete performance of the season? It was their best. It would have been had there not been a red card in the 61st minute. Because you know what the Cabral haters are going to say. Is that, that that's good. You should never play him again. Well, I mean, okay, so here's the great argument. Here's the here's the perfect argument. Great. Let's play in a four. Let's see the Galaxy play in a 4 through 3 against San Jose. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You don't have Douglas Costa because he got a stupid red card. So, no, you're going to see Kevin Cabral. Yes, sure. Absolutely. I like it. I like how they're doing. But they are absolutely relying on Julian Araujo and Raheem Edwards to be their wingers. Kevin, I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, let's see. Here's the chart. Who leads the LA Galaxy in assists? Well, I know, I know that uh, Pooj is making his way up the ladder. He is third. He is third. He has yeah. five assists. He is third. He's only played in seven but, games, but, and he has five but, assists. And you know what? He's only lost one game that he's played in. That's um, just correct. He's also come. correct. Uh, Bergman's, I think, lost three out of 11 that he's played in. By the way, we've buried the lead here. We still haven't mentioned once that the Galaxy are above the playoff line. We, we, everybody knows. If you're listening oh, okay. to our podcast, right. they know. We'll And we'll get there and we'll explain it some more. Okay, but here is the here's the thing. You were talking about getting getting you know the assists and getting the wingers involved. Julian Araujo leads the LA Galaxy in assists with eight. Uh, number two is Raheem Edwards with six. Those so are your two, guys. Yeah. So 
in this particular case, giving them to go the the freedom to go forward, and certainly with, uh, I would say, a, a more limited attack from the Colorado side. But, um, but hasn't Edwards kind of been MIA for a while? Yes. I mean, he got out to such a great start mm-hmm. and then just kind of went away for a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when the last time. Let's see when I'm trying. To, it doesn't say. I thought I was looking at the 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 match report um, where you can go in and see the individuals, but I don't remember the last time he got an assist. But he had like six assists through the like the first ten games or something like that. Um, and it's sort of gone off that. Well, who leads the? This is we were talking about Chicharito though, and right? we were talking about goals and and sort of would you want Chicharito to come back? Um, here's the thing. Chicharito is now sitting at 15 goals. He had 17 goals last season. He's sitting at 15 goals with three games left. He could very easily tie that again. And if you want to look at a a really interesting chart, so it goes Chicharito 15, Jovalich 10, and then Alvarez three, Costa three, Grancier three, Ravellison three, Brugman two. Oh wait, those were the, that was both two in this last game, uh, two. And then Mark Delgado two. uh, Ricky Pouge has two goals already as well. That's right. He has goals. not just assists, Kevin. He has five, five assists and two goals. Um, in seven and games, he's played, played 569 minutes, yeah. 64 minutes. Yeah. Well, and, and so, uh, Mark Delgado has two. let's see, uh, Vasquez has two, right? So, so you sort of see it's 15 and 10 with Jovalich and Chicharito. Those are pretty good numbers for what Chicharito is doing. Now, is it, is it, you know, is it one of those things where you sit there and say, well, he played a lot more games this year. You would expect that he gets more goals. Yeah. I mean, I think there's some of that. Um, who's the leader in minutes? This is a, that's a trick question because the answer is Jonathan Bond because he's played the most minutes. Obviously, right? yeah, but uh, you, you can't count that. Yeah, the outfield player who has played the most minutes. The outfield player, Kevin, who has played the most minutes. Wow, um, I, Chicharito. He is. I, I want to, he is third. I there want was, to say Cabral, but that's probably wrong. That's wrong as well because he gets subbed out all the time. It's Julian Rajo. Julian Rajo has the most minutes for an outfield player. 24-72. Chicharito has the third most minutes. Now, raise your hand if you thought Chicharito would be limited to around 2,000 minutes this year. Oh, it was me. I thought I thought that for sure. I thought he would be limited to around 2,000. He's at 2360. 2362. He has played a yeah, tremendous I, amount of minutes this year. I think it's from August 1st or maybe the middle of August. I think only Mukhtar has more goals in MLS than Chicharito does. Who does? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah oh, between the time? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the last eight games. Yeah, it, it's probably not wrong. But I mean, you know, this was the the one thing that I can say uh, about Chicharito and certainly scoring the goal is that I think there was that little pizzazz back. I think the whole, you know, Panenka and then miss penalty kick after it and all these other things. I think that sort of has been erased a little bit from his mind, which is good because if the LA Galaxy want to play well, then they're going to need Chicharito to keep but, scoring goals. And you mentioned the 2300 minutes that he's played. He also played. Uh, I think t- two of the three U.S. Open Cup games played deep in those, and he played in the Chivas uh, uh, friendly. So his real minutes are up around 27, probably. Yeah, it very well could be. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't count all competitions, so it just ca- counts sort of in the I just thought that was interesting. Looking at where the LA Galaxy are getting their assists from, it is coming from the quote-unquote wings, but the Galaxy don't have wingers who can really score. So the the guys who are really doing the dirty work is the Julian Araujo and the Raheem Edwards. Now, whenever you have a team that is more offensively potent and it requires more defensive sort of stay back, right? So Julian Araujo can't go up and attack all the time or, you know, Raheem Edwards can't go up and attack or Chase Gasper can't go up and attack all the time. You have to stick, sit back that then that limits the LA galaxy's offensive production, right? And so 
because you're seeing where the assists are coming from, even if it's 14 assists in there from those two guys and whether or not Edwards has had an assist, in, you know, <laughs> this side of, uh, of July, right? It's one of those things that you can sort of sit there and say they need to be involved, but that just means that the LA Galaxy really do need wingers that are involved. That's why I like this lineup because I thought, Costa was in the perfect position for him, which was he was sort of an in-between. He could go to the line if he wanted to and sort of play that wide spot, but he started wide. I think I complained about this on the last Thursday show, maybe even Monday show. I like runs that start from the outside and work their way in, right? Because I think that the angles that you run and the different things, by the way, a Brugman angle, that was an inside-out run a little bit that he curled into a into a side. So again, I don't like straight line runs. I like things that are angles or curved or or, or peaked in that. So for me, Douglas Costa was put in the perfect position in this game, which was the in-between. I can go down the line. I can cut inside. And when I cut inside, who's on the outside? Julian Araujo. Um, and so, you know, just the ability to sort of uh, get him involved. And this is, this is no lie for me. Um, zero lie for me. I thought Douglas Costa was having his best game for the LA Galaxy by far. And we said this the last time he got a red card, which was he was having a great game and then he did something stupid and got a red card. Um, this is, this is, this is the thing. And I, and I tweeted about it too, Kevin. It's like, here you have the perfect LA galaxy performance. They're out there after a three, nothing loss. They go out, they put themselves with results around the league because RSL lost because Seattle lost. Right. And then the LA galaxy have a chance to win because they put themselves in a position. Now they're going to be up above that line. Right. So you're winning for nothing. You're in this game, Kevin. This is where you expect that you're on cruise control now. You get to think about the San Jose game, which is how am I going to rotate? Everybody keep your cool. Everything goes on. There's a foul on a Galaxy player. Douglas Costa comes over to, I guess, defend somebody's honor in a 4 nothing. You don't have to defend anybody's honor in a 4 nothing game. You just point at the scoreboard and say 4 nothing, and you let the other team take the yellow cards, and you let the other team get frustrated. Usually in a 4 nothing game, it's not the guys who are up 4 nothing who get the red card. It's usually the guys who are down 4 nothing who get a red card. But here's Douglas Costa. He comes in, and he gets a red card. Now... This guarantees the LA Galaxy will not play the same formation that they just demolished somebody with. And Greg Vanny, I think he said it after this game. It may have been the been. No, he said it after this game because um, I asked him what it meant to be above the playoff line, Kevin. And he goes, he goes, you know, I think our guys hang on results too much, right? Like, oh, hey, we played really well. Look how, oh, man, we're awesome. Ooh, really good. And we're like, oh, we lost. Oh, we suck. We're the worst team in the world. They're too emotional. And he's talked about this many times. Um, and so the fact is the emotions you want excitement excitement and and anger anger. and that's them. It's the LA galaxy make a really good podcast. If you think about it, they're either uh, all we're the best team in the world. Look how exciting we are or, oh my God, we suck and we're horrible. Um, that's the LA galaxy. And so if you want an LA galaxy team to go on a run, if you want them to be good in the postseason, right? And we get to we get to dream a little bit right now. You get to dream about postseason, right? Some some by the way, Kevin said this is the hope that kills you, right? They they give you that hope at the end of the season. They're like this this could be it. Um, somebody in our Discord too, I don't remember who, but they said you know if this team just sucked all the time, it would be a lot easier to take. But every once in a while, they throw in one of these games, and you're like, that's the team. That's the team I want to see. So now they have to replicate that performance. They have to do it on a crappy field. In Stan- at Stanford Stadium in a it's not a very friendly soccer place to play. Uh, the locker rooms are like a quarter of a mile from the field. You get winded just walking from the field to the locker rooms. I do anyway. I'm sure professional athletes are fine. Um, and so you're going to do that and you don't get to play the exact same lineup because if I'm Greg Vanny, I touch nothing 
with what you just did. Now, he's going to want to because there's going to be some different permutations that he's going to look at San Jose and say, well, these might be the things we need to work out. Um, but Greg was very adamant that they talked about how they were going to solve some of the problems Colorado was going to create. And he said he thought the guys did the best job that they've done at solving those problems in the game. Um, By the way, I looked up the Raheem Edwards stuff. He has had one assist, one assist since May 25th. And then he got the goal. The goal was on his first shot since, uh, what is it here? Since um, June 21st, he's had... That was his first shot since June 21st, and, and it went in. Um, the other, you know, this is the, the the game with San Jose is the famous game in hand that we've been talking about forever, which gives the Galaxy. We'll talk about standings at some point, but gives the Galaxy a huge advantage against Real Salt Lake, Vancouver, Seattle's with them at 31 games, but the, the teams that are around them, it, it gives the Galaxy a big advantage. So this is that famous um, um, game in hand we've been talking about. It's in the middle of the international break, which in years past might have hurt the Galaxy. They might have lost some players that they really needed. Nobody, none of the first-team players are off on international duty, So, or the key first-team players anyways, ones that would get significant minutes. So uh, this it's like the best of both worlds for the Galaxy. You play during the international break, uh, so it's there's not a fixture crush. Um, you, it's that game in hand where Greg talked about there's, there's no point in having a game in hand if you don't win it. Right. And the Galaxy are going to go into that game well, with the exception of Costa being out, with all their first-team players here. You know, you look at other teams, I think LAFC lost, I think, like nine, nine, seven or nine starters. Yeah. Uh, I, Galaxy I think are going to have their whole team. I think Seattle has like six or seven that they're going to, and they have to play this off in this break too. Uh, right, although some, some guys may be coming back early. There's some teams like RSL who have to play in Leagues Cup right now. I mean, if I'm RSL, the last thing I want to do whenever I have had, what, three wins since... Uh, so in their last 16 games, is that what we figured out? Three wins in their last yeah. 16? Yeah, three, three wins three in the last 15. Yeah, three of 15. 15. Three wins in the last 15. You want us to talk about, and I think we we did a pretty good job setting it up, is that the Western Conference was going to be a bit of a dumpster fire. There were going to be guys, teams that moved up, and there were going to be teams that moved down. RSL has been one of those that has been in reverse um, for quite a long time now. And so they, they have some guys who are out for the season that they're not going to get back. They don't have a very good offense right now. Um, and so they're going to struggle to stay above the line. Um, and right now the galaxy have them on, uh, on a tiebreaker on wins, but should the LA galaxy beat San Jose or even get a point that would move them at least clear of RSL in terms of, you know, the, the, the separation, but what you want from the LA galaxy really here is there's two things I think at play, and and Kevin, you can talk about the scenarios here in a second. But the San Jose game is important. Um, somebody called it a must win, and I would disagree 100. Uh, percent That's not how this plays out. That RSL game is shaping up to be more and more important, though, just in terms of how the standings currently are. Um, that one could very well end up just determining uh, what the LA yeah, Galaxy could do. The yeah. Galaxy can clinch. The Galaxy can't clinch earlier than that. Right. Uh, RS, the RSL game would be their first chance to clinch because they're playing RSL. If they beat them or even draw them, depending on what else happens, um, they could clinch. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, it, you could. that means that you go to... Well, first of all, you should point out that that RSL game is Fan Appreciation Day. So already the, the tables are stacked against the LA Galaxy in that terms of that. What would the fans really appreciate, Josh? A win and going to the playoffs, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's what they would, would like. Uh, that would be the best best gift uh, any fan appreciation night ever um, for quite for the for quite a long time. I don't remember the last time the Galaxy actually won a fan appreciation night. Um, it's been a little while for sure. Um, but then that also makes like the Houston game maybe a positioning game instead of a, a like a results based game. Right? It's like oh, if you win this, you might be able to move up to. And Kevin, you were saying the Galaxy can finish as high as fourth if some things happen. 
Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at the standings here. The Galaxy have 43 points. They have uh, nine nine still to play. Um, nine still outstanding that they can go out and get. Um, realistically, if they at 43 points, they have RSL behind them with only six points available to them. Vancouver at 40, um, Seattle at 39, but they have three games to play. If the Galaxy win two of their last three, this is the beauty of the Colorado game because what it has done, it is the, that result has left the Galaxy in charge of their own destiny, meaning they don't have to look anywhere else for help. They're in charge of their own destiny. If they win two of their last three, they can't be caught by anybody. They're in the playoffs. They may fit, they may still be seventh, but they can't be caught. If they get four points out of their last three games, four out of a, out of a possible nine, um, the only teams that could catch them would be RSL and Seattle, and both teams would have to win out. Well, Seattle would have to win out. Um, RSL would have to win out too because they only have two games left. So the Galaxy win two of the last three they're in. They get four points. They're probably in unless unless RSL or Seattle go crazy. So they're really in control of their own destiny. But to me, when you get beyond that, the Galaxy at 43 in seventh place, Minnesota 45 ahead of them, one fewer game to play, Portland at 46. I don't think they're going to catch Nashville. Nashville's at 47 with two games to play. So realistically, the, the Galaxy could finish as high as fifth. Now, if they do that, they're probably going to open the playoffs with Nashville if things stay the way they are. I don't think that's a good matchup for them. We were talking earlier, um, and your your take was just get in the playoffs and whoever you play, go play them and try to win. But if you're looking at matchups, and I talked to a friend of mine who's a, a, a big fan of Austin uh, FC and lives in Austin, and he was saying the worst team for the uh, Austin to play in the first round of the playoffs would be the Galaxy because the Galaxy beat them twice. They know how to play against Austin. They're not intimidated by uh, that building. If the Galaxy stay where they are now, seventh, no one's going to catch Austin. They're going to finish second. So it would be the Galaxy at Austin in the first round of the playoffs. That's a really winnable game for the Galaxy, perhaps more than, say, playing Nashville. I, I think Nashville would be a – you know, the Galaxy did draw that game, but it took a 99th-minute penalty kick um, on a uh, VAR review for them to get that point. So, I, I, and I, again, Austin's a team the Galaxy has beaten twice and played really well against them. If the Galaxy do make the playoffs – Finishing seventh would not be the worst thing for them because they would get a not I don't want to say a favorable first round matchup, but one that they can definitely win. Yeah, I mean, and we sort of talked about that before. I was with I started laughing whenever Kevin was was talking about well, you know, if they finish seventh or if they finish sixth, then they would have to play. And I'm I'm sitting there going, dude, just let them get in. Just just it doesn't matter. It will not matter where they play um, because it won't be one of those top things. Here's the thing. If you remember in in 2012 was a good example, although it's not even that good of an example. I don't love the 2012 sort of, but 2012, they get into the playoffs like in any place and you're like, well, just let them play out. Let it see how it goes. And it doesn't matter who you face because you're going to have to face somebody and that's fine, right? Like, you know, people, I have told people, oh, well, if they finish that that seventh and they, they get Austin and they're like, oh, but then you'd probably, then you'd get LAFC next. And it's like, okay, good, right. good. Yeah, I'm like, if, they, if they win that game, they do get LAFC would be their second. <laughs> right. And and last time they made the playoffs, um, they won the first game at Minnesota, came home, played at Bank of California and lost. Let, let's be very, very clear that the LA Galaxy, um, you know, are not locked in. And and as you said, the soonest they can clinch is RSL. This San Jose game is an important one because it can take again. It's all about taking pressure off. Right, Kevin? It's like about, you know, facing must wins. If you win against San Jose, depending on sort of what else is is in the the cards, right? The RSL game might not be as important. Maybe a point lets you clinch the RSL game, right? So these are the things we have to watch as we go through. So the San Jose 
um, game is going to be super, super important for the galaxy. And as far as we know, as of right now, it doesn't look like, and I went back and checked the LA Galaxy website again, but I haven't seen any major announcements besides, I think Casares uh, Martin, Martin uh, might be missing uh, for these games, um, for the San Jose game, which is an interesting one as well, right? Because you're like, well, he's sort of been rotating in and playing and starting and doing some of these other things. So I'm, I'm still waiting. Well, yeah. But uh, I didn't mean to cut you off, but what the San Jose game also does is if they win, they get the three points. They go up to, they pass Minnesota and Portland. Uh, they pass Minnesota on points. They pass, pass Portland because of the tiebreaker. So they're up to fifth now. Uh, a win in that game would also eliminate Van- Vancouver. So the only teams they have to worry about RSL and Seattle. If Seattle were to lose its game, and again, they're missing something like six players, then Seattle is essentially uh, not mathematically limited, but but pretty much out of the hunt. And it's really down to L.A. and RSL. And, and that, again, as you said, you want to improve your position. Not so much in the standings. Yeah, jumping up to fifth is great. But you're eliminating teams that can catch you now. And and then you come home and uh, RSL, even a draw on that game could potentially clinch for the Galaxy. Very well could. Uh, very well could. If we look at the points, it has been, I have to say, Kevin, it's been rather impressive, actually, the the run the Galaxy have put in since we started tracking this this little points to the playoffs tracker. Uh, Galaxy have only lost three games out of their one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven games that they've played so far. Um, and in that time, you know, with the four wins and the 12 points that you get from that, um, and the additional four points, so the 16 points the Galaxy picked up, it's a significant amount of points that the Galaxy have been sort of stringing along here together. Now just three games remaining, San Jose, RSL, and Houston. Um, all of these games could be very important. Uh, you're hoping that eventually if the Galaxy win against San Jose, that the RSL game becomes less important for them. Um, and then if you win the game against RSL, that the Houston game becomes not important at all. Uh, maybe just a seeding thing. So there's a lot of ways for the LA Galaxy. I think right now their options have opened up in terms of, as you said, Kevin, uh, having sort of everything uh, in front of them to play for, and they have it within their hands. If the Galaxy went out, Kevin, they were in the playoffs. It's guaranteed. That's 100%, right? Yeah. Because nobody can catch them. They already have, they're already at where they're supposed to be. They, they would just have built, need yeah. Just two of their last three. And and one of the things Greg told me uh, a couple of times is that uh, the playoffs, in his mind, the playoffs starts with 10 games to go, which again, you mentioned that hot street. That's just about when they started to take off. Right. So Greg said the, the playoffs start with 10 games to go because, uh, and you can look at all the examples of teams you just talked about, Real Salt Lake really coming back to the pack. They were so good at the beginning of the season. People were talking about them as a potential uh, you know, MLS Cup finalist. They, they might not even make the playoffs now. And, and Greg's point is you don't want to just get to the playoffs. Yes, that's the ultimate goal. But you want to get to the playoffs with some momentum. Right. And the teams that – play well all season a lot of times get to the playoffs exhausted they've sort of played themselves out the galaxy are getting hot at the right time why are they getting hot well not number of different reasons but certainly just, Pouge, just say see, Rick, yeah, right. just Pouge. say ricky push yes yeah ricky push and bergman um and now douglas costa apparently have has appeared to find a game maybe yeah but um, but when are you going to see him again by the way there's a there's a real expectation you will not see douglas costa at least until, until houston. houston and maybe not for the regular season so two or three games could be coming from that. That's we expected the disco to come out with some additional yeah. sanctions. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. So you can't just hit somebody in the face. I people are going to say he didn't hit him in the face. He straight armed the guy in the face. You can't do that. Everybody knows you can't do it. And so if you've seen sort of the history around the league, an additional game is almost guaranteed. 
Um, and if they don't, hey, that's great. And he could be back for RSL, and then the Galaxy can play a 4 through 3 against RSL. Looking forward to it, all those things. But uh, for me, uh, that's that's the the thing. You, were, I'm sorry, you were talking about Ricky and and and. and well, I'm just saying, you know, they got Pooj, they got Bergman. Everything is going well. Um, if if you say this was the best game the Galaxy have played all season, it's a, this is the time that you want them to be playing their best game. But you could also argue Vancouver was their worst, so you had the best and the worst sort of in a week of one another. But if 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 this is the Galaxy's best game, this is when you want them playing it. You, this is when you want them to discover that 4-3-3 works. This is when you want them to discover that, hey, wingers playing the ball into the box works really well. Um, you don't want them to do that in the fourth game and then forget about it. You want them to do it now as they're hitting into, hopefully into the playoffs. I, I hear this, yeah. I, I hear this a lot from, from fans, and, and Potterman, I'm, I'm not picking on you, but in our chat room, uh, Potterman says, still bugs me that after all this time, we are excited about just making the playoffs rather than being there already. You can also not make the playoffs. That's a very good possibility as well. And so when you don't make the playoffs, I guarantee you don't win MLS Cup. There's zero chance of that happening. You can't win MLS Cup if you don't make the playoffs. Um, and so, you know, listen, do I think that the LA Galaxy are going to somehow make a run through the through the the playoffs? I think they have actually a fairly good chance at beating some teams in the playoffs if they make it. Um, well, well to, to what he I guess kind of what his question was, our statement is. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we saw the client out, Jovan out, mm-hmm. banners, everyone very unhappy with management. So let's say the team makes the playoffs. Let's say they, they make a miraculous long run. Let's say they even get the MLS Cup or even might maybe even win it. Does that mean that we're not mad at Chris Klein anymore, that no one's mad at Jovan, that everything is great? Because to me, it 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 still seems like this team underperformed on the season, that yep. the pieces didn't fit together until just very recently. Right. The Galaxy are really lucky with Ricky Pooj. Bergman, not lucky. You can't say that, right? Because let's not say you would have made that that transfer. No, well, I, I would have made that transfer, you know, but they but still... He comes have... in at the right time. They did get him. Yes. They didn't get him earlier when he made, might have made a difference and maybe the Galaxy are competing for a supporter shield or something. They did get him in the nick of time and he's helped them, but does... Does this late run make you forget everything else that happened? Is it still a dysfunctional front office is it, or has everything been fixed because the team is winning now? No, I mean, you know, hey, you know, you know, the old adage, which is winning, fi- winning fixes everything, right? If you have yeah. locker room problems, you start winning, you'll have less locker room problems, right? You know, if you have front office issues, well, the front office issues get a little quieter whenever, well, whenever there's winning. I, you, your, your example about the dressing room is perfect because if you have a feuding dressing room like the old, old, old Oakland A's, people goes, oh, yeah, that's what makes them so great on the field they're fiery and they have their opinions and and then when you have a locker room where everyone sings kumbaya and they don't win and oh they're too soft but yet then you have a team that wins right. and they get along and you go oh yeah. it's a chemistry it the results dictate everything they really do patrick says uh, by the way gives us a ten dollar super chat and says this show continues to be excellent i don't know what show he's talking about but we appreciate yeah. it uh, and gets better as, as our team starts clicking. Um, I don't know. I always thought we thrived in the in the pandemonium, Panda. Uh, that was a, that oh, was, oh good. Like thank that. you. Um, in in the pandemonium because that's one of the one of the two emotions that we're allowed. That's to. that's right. That's right. There's only two. Um, you know, it, it's just it, it's one of those it, it things. I mean, you have to say that not everything is solved with winning, and you shouldn't say that. And and quite honestly, if you've been a fan of the LA Galaxy since you know 2017, really maybe even 2016, 
um, but mo- for sure 2017, then you don't, let's say you became an LA Galaxy fan in 2017. You don't know any better, right? You've never seen this LA Galaxy team win an MLS Cup. You've heard about it. People tell you really cool stories. Uh, you hear the the the, the stories of, of the old days with Juninho and Marcelo Sarvas and David Beckham and Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane, and all of that gets you excited for the fact that maybe that someday can come back in some sort of fashion for the LA Galaxy. But if you came in in 2017 you have no idea that the la galaxy were supposed to be a world beating best team in major league soccer so getting to the playoffs now i mean yeah go ahead no they have a losing record since 2017 it's the worst stretch in franchise history it's the longest they've gone without appearing in an mls cup um all these things are negative um this and the bar needs to be high and 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 you know, even people who I think w- would rest to Chris Klein's defense is if, you know, he needed someone to do that or, or Jovan, you know, they have to admit that, look, the bar is higher for the Galaxy. They have more MLS championships than any team. They have more victories right. than any team. They've had the biggest stars. Um, they were a, a model franchise from the start, started at the Rose Bowl, built one of the first soccer-specific stadiums. They've been a model uh, uh, for MLS. And so this downstream i mean there are teams around the league that would say god i wish we could play like the galaxy did the last five years and they'd be perfectly content yeah this is that's that's not acceptable here and i don't want to say the galaxy have gotten lucky because they haven't gotten lucky they've worked way too hard to get here and greg <laughs> vanny has put in way too much and, but and spent a ton of money <laughs> and well it's been yes exactly number two payroll in the league but Things have, and again, I'm not saying they're lucky. They've gotten lucky, but things have broken their way. We all saw Lakers falling apart. Seattle has had all these injuries. They've fallen apart. There's, there's two teams that probably should have made a much uh, better playoff charge. Colorado's really struggled lately. Things have broken the Galaxy's way, and again, I'm not saying they're lucky. Things have broken the Galaxy's way, and uh, you know, I just wonder if that covers up a little bit yeah. some of the more obvious shortcomings throughout the organization. Of course it does. It's like a new paint job on a car, right? There's still some dents under there, but you put some filler in it and you let it go, uh, and it'll probably run fine for a little while. And, and that's sort of the whole thing is, you know, how does this develop? And can we even say that the Galaxy have developed? I think that's a really... Listen, I think that argument can be made a lot better right now, Kevin, um, whenever you're trying to sit here and say, oh, um, you know, this LA Galaxy team is better than last year, right? I, I can look at the numbers and I can look at goals. By the way, the Galaxy with 51 goals now surpassed their total from 2021. If you want to get excited about that with three games to go, the Galaxy are likely to, to add a couple more goals to that. It, it, excitement is a uh, acceptable emotion on it, the show. It is. Uh, if you want to get excited at the fact that the Galaxy are currently seven goals under the goals they allowed last year with three games to go, um, then maybe there's a slight improvement in the defense. I think it's difficult to look at this team right now, at least for me, Kevin, it's difficult for me to look at this team and say, oh yeah, 100% this team is is better by looking at the stats and by looking at certainly the results, right? Because realistically, the Galaxy are almost in the exact same position. Exact, Actually, Kevin, I can tell you that the LA Galaxy are actually three points behind where they were in 2021 through 31 games. So technically speaking, at this moment right now, the Galaxy results-based are one win worse than they were in 2021. So do we see that as taking a step backwards or have we seen what the Galaxy have done with Puj and with Brugman and with Delgado and sort of getting everybody settled and trying to find some things that work for them? Um, are they a better team? I think that's a hard question to answer right now. If they make the playoffs, Kevin, are they a better team than they were last year, even if the points end up the same? Well, I, th- I think it, it kind of backs my argument that 
again, not lucky, but things have broken their way. Uh, things have broken. Last year it didn't. Remember we had the the goal in stoppage time on a questionable call. Right. That's what kept the Galaxy out of the playoffs. That's right now, knock on wood, right now that's not happening to the Galaxy. It's going the other way. Things that shouldn't happen are happening and it's uh, to the Galaxy's benefit. And, and I should absolutely, absolutely point out that in 2019 – the LA Galaxy went to the playoffs, right? I don't want to. I don't want to skip over that. Like it didn't happen. It did happen. As a matter of fact, the Galaxy beat Minnesota in Minnesota, and then they got bounced by LAFC, right? In those playoffs. So that was something that happened in 2019 with Zlatan, right? And so that's again, the Galaxy have had one playoff appearance since that, you know, 2017 uh, sort of departure of uh, Bruce Arena in 2016, and then coming in with Curtin Alfo in 2017. That's sort of been the the line that we use to demarc the old galaxy from quote unquote, the new galaxy, right? Or, or maybe galaxy 2.0 in there instead of galaxy 3.0. Um, but the 3.0 LA galaxy have not been, not been good. Um, and so that's, that's sort of one of those things you have people here who don't know when the LA galaxy were dominant. I will say this, I do in, and, and to argue against myself a little bit, Kevin, I do feel like the LA galaxy this year are a better team, whether or not the, the stats and the, and the results sort of prove it out. But when you put a team like Nashville, into the mix as a Western Conference team, I knew it was going to be more difficult. Um, and so, you know, I if if Nashville isn't there, are the Galaxy a sixth place team instead of a seventh place team? And does that make people feel a little bit? I still think the Galaxy are one of the top four best teams in in the Western Conference whenever they play well. I just and, don't and, never know when they, that's going to be. And they could be fifth uh, Saturday night. Uh, by the way, you you brought up Bruce Arena. I should mention that. Um, the revolution now with 38 points, they're in 11th place, well below the playoff line. Uh, they have, uh, uh, 38 points. They're four points out with two games to go. It's looking really difficult for them. So supporter shield winners last year. Right. Um, my understanding is that Bruce's contract is up after the season. Um, I kind of think this might be the end for Bruce. Um, they, they can, um, the, the galaxy are going to hire, hire him to be president. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Is that, is that what you're trying to hint? I, I don't, you didn't I don't say want, that. Yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I said I didn't say that, but I okay. never even considered it. But holy crap, what a great idea that would be. <laughs> they should put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> that, that's a good idea. That, you, you think? You think maybe he'll make it? I don't know. Isn't he already in the Hall I, of Fame? Did, yes, that's kind of my okay. point. He, okay, he's sorry. in the Hall of Fame, and he's won, I think, three MLS titles or something since he went in the Hall of Fame. Uh, um, but by the way. To, how about a statue of Bruce? A Bruce got a statue? Yeah. Yeah, but it needs to be like looking and yelling at Scott French. That's the only way I'll accept it. No, I think it. with the bottle of champagne. Yeah, that would be a good one too. That is that is the most classic and iconic uh, uh, of yeah. Mister uh, Bruce Rooney. I think I was I think I was in the room for that. Was that 2011 or 2012? I think it was 2012. I and by the way, you asked me earlier whether Toronto was going to make it after they got all those Italian imports, and and they already have been eliminated from playoff contention. So there. Uh um um how do you, how do you say goodbye in Italian? What's the, uh, I, why can't I think of Arrivederci. it? Arrivederci. There you go. That's how you say it in Toronto. Um, what the, gave us $2. No, they super say au revoir. No, nope. Not, 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 not in Toronto. Not for, not, okay. not for that team. Um, what they gave us a $2 super chat and says after our last MLS cup in 2014, the galaxy equal Panenka's. Yeah. I, it's weird how the Panenka has become like a swear word in LA galaxy land, which is kind of fun to sort of see that. That'll be something we'll talk about like 15 years from now. 
um, in show 2000 or whatever. And it, it'll be one of those where we'll be like, hey, hey, how about that Panenka? And everybody will laugh yeah. except the people who yeah. haven't been following that long. It'll be it, a, it, yeah, like where joke. were you when the Panenka was kicked? Right. The, you know about the Panenka, right? What do you wait? Which Panenka? Which like what are you talking about? The Panenka. Everybody knows about it. it. it it'll be the secret code word to get into the American uh, Express Lounge. Is it still called that? Champions Lounge, whatever. Yeah. You go yeah, to the door I, and you have to say Panenka to get yeah, in. Yeah. That would probably get you kicked out. Just letting you know. Uh, Tito gave us a $5 super chat. says, hey, Josh, Panda, my son and I listen to your show every morning on our way to school and on our ride home. We appreciate the content. Thank you, Tito. We appreciate you very much. And Tito, Do your homework. And Tito Jr. Tito, Tito, Tito Jr., we, we appreciate you as well. I hope you guys are having a safe drive. Although, Tito, study you're in hard. here listening to us now. Yeah. And so yeah, no, st- you're not going to Study hard. You don't have to do a podcast when you grow up. Yeah. Don't, don't, be, a, don't be a podcaster. That's a bad idea. Um... I'm trying to think of what sort of little things that, you know, we're trying to figure out in this whole thing. I think the mix is really interesting. If you look at um, home points versus away points versus 2022 and 2021. Um, So in 2021, the Galaxy had 19 away points. And right now they have 16. They have two away games. They have a chance to get and surpass that if they won both those games. Uh, That seems unlikely. I think 19 is probably where they finish. So they will have sort of the same uh, record or at least the same point total on the road, which is interesting. One thing I can guarantee is that the LA Galaxy cannot tie their home points from 2020 because there were 29 and the Galaxy have 27. So they're two points behind. So either with the one home game they have left, they will either finish with 27, they'll finish with 28, or they will get uh, all the way up until the 30 points. So they could finish well, above that. Let me ask you whether you think a good team uh, is a team that's balanced. In other words, it has almost as good a chance to win on the road or at home, mm-hmm. or is it a team like Philadelphia? Philadelphia is unbeaten in 16 games at home. Uh, you know, they're tied for the Supporters Shield list. They've already clinched the Eastern Conference. Um, so they're tied. They haven't lost at home in 16 games, but they've only won seven of their uh, 16 games on the road. They're seven, four, and five on the road. It, it, is it a better team that wins at home because you're supposed to win at home? You're supposed to own your, your home turf. And if you're a good team, you win at home. Or is it a team that can go on the road and win also? Is that a better team? I mean, so the better team is the one that has a chance to win at all times, Kevin. You you know the answer to that. It's the team that wins at home and wins on the road, right? Because that's a team that can win every game. Um, I will say that the good teams are consistently good at home and can fight for points on the road. That's that's but, Those are decent teams. But, yeah, you want to win at home and, and draw on the road. That's always been the talk in World Cup qualifying. But, right. you know, with, with Philadelphia and, and LAFC to a lesser degree, to everyone wins the supporter shield, um, they're going to have LAFC's lost one game at, at home this year. They have 12 wins, which leads the league. Um, that's, I guess, where the, 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 the playoff thing is different in, in MLS and just about any league in the world where you get that home field advantage. So you build your 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 fortress at home and get that home field advantage, and then you can't be beaten in the playoffs. Um, whereas the Galaxy, a team that's going to have to fight its way through the field, right? Um, having that ability to win on the road, because they're going to have to win at least the first game, probably the first two on the road, depending on where they finish. Right. Uh, if you can't win on the road, if you're like a Philadelphia where you struggle to win on the road, it, you may never get back home again. So why have a fortress at home if you're never going to play there? I will say this. For every team that is excellent, right? For every team that is out there, and even for when the Galaxy were out there, there I have one graphic from somewhere. It's probably from Thursday night. I don't have it up on here. But it's like the LA Galaxy's longest unbeaten streak is like 14 games. And I think it happened in 2014 or 2012. They they just they won all their home games. And they if they didn't win on the road, they would draw. Those are the best teams. But having said that... Um, all of those really good teams, the dominant teams in Major League Soccer, 
they will lose games on on the road more than they lose games at home. And and it, even that, it, again, it goes just to prove that not being in your own bed, not being at your own field, not being in front of your fans, all those things, going on the road is difficult in Major League Soccer. Some teams are built better for that. I would love to say that the LA Galaxy are built better better for that. But looking at the stats that I just showed you, not necessarily the truth from, but, from last year. But you, you just made a really good point um, where the better team is the one that has a chance to win on the road and, and wins at home as well. That's why I kind of like the two-leg playoffs better because it went to that point. You know, It's not a Philadelphia where you get a fortress and you just sit back and play all your games at home and you're going to win all of them. You have to go on the road. And if you lose 5 to nothing that road game, in some ways maybe come the, the second leg doesn't really matter because you're already in a 5-0 hole. Right. Um, you, have to, you have to be a team that can win on the road and at home. And, and those two-leg playoffs tested that, this one-and-done thing. Um, I understand why they do it, and I'm sure the players love it because – the fixture crunch is less, and, and there's a lot of different reasons why they might like it. But I, I think to prove the better team, I think you're right. You want a team that can do both. And if you don't ever go on the road in the playoffs, do we really know how good you are? I mean, you earn the chance to not go on the road. I, again, I find I find a difficulty in arguing with you on any of this because to me it seems obvious that the team that wins more on either wins is the better team. I mean, it, well, yeah, this is the prize you win to play at home. And Bruce Arena talked about that all the time. That's you know, in his time time here, he didn't fit because there were those two leg playoffs. He didn't think there was enough of a prize for finishing first. If you finish first or fifth, it was you you're in the same pot. You right. go through the same path to get to mls cup final that's no longer the case if you finish first in in either conference um you know you really have a huge advantage because you have all those games at home um i want to get to uh just a little bit more news before we uh before we get out of here uh they did yeah well just like it's not real news it's you know it's podcast soccer news um i i I have a i better be exciting or angry then i have a new employee at, at my office and he he said oh i listened to your podcast he goes so do you guys just like do you just brown nose? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Uh, he goes. He goes. He goes. So, do you guys just like try to predict what's going to happen? I'm like, yeah, dude. It's sports radio. Like, there's no, uh, there's not a lot of facts in, in a lot of the discussion points. It's just taking data, taking results, and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. He's like, well, do you keep track of how often you're right and wrong? I'm like, no, because I don't want to know how often I'm wrong. I guarantee it's not fifty percent um, that it's under that, right? And yeah, especially with this Galaxy team, I have no idea. Um, here is something, though. Uh, the LA Galaxy did have two players up for goal of the week. Uh, you're going to be disappointed to know that Chicharito is absolutely going to win this, and he did not have the better goal than Raheem Edwards. Um, and when I looked at it earlier today, it was 35.9% to Chicharito and about 25.9% to Raheem Edwards. However, uh, I will say that if you add up the LA Galaxy's uh, two points there and just give them both goal of the week, uh, they're both currently leading uh, the the, the race for goal of the week. Just and and that's that. national voting, not just Southern California. That's voting, correct. correct. That's correct. Yeah. That's everything. Uh, another thing, and I know we alluded to it, but Ricky Puj was the first LA Galaxy player to record three assists in an MLS match since Landon Donovan in September 2014. Uh, Kevin, you said, oh yeah, but they were hockey assists. And I go, yeah, and even giving all of that credit to everybody, saying, oh, it's the hockey assist. Now, somebody argued with me because I'm like, hey, Ricky has three assists. And they're like, no, he's just had one assist and, and three goal involvements. And I'm like, welcome to MLS. It's called an assist even when you make the pass that gets to the pass that eventually gets to the goal. Um, and Ricky has been very good at that. He gets a three assist. And even that, even whenever you take it out to the hockey assist, it's still true that the last time any player got three assists in one game for the LA Galaxy was Landon Donovan. 
So again, lots of players. And, Nobody's and, reached that mark. And Landon did that in 2014. Yeah. He wasn't even good enough to make the World Cup team that year. <laughs> don't 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 bring up old wood. We gotta ask Jonathan Klinsman about that. We should. It's it's I'm sure it's on top of my top of my list to ask. Uh Ricky Pouge and uh Gaston Brogman both made MLS team of the week. Uh it was funny because Ricky is the only one who didn't score a goal that made team of the week, just letting you know. Just wanted to point outside of the goalkeeper who never does. Um, by the way, uh, Mike says, love the show. If we can make the playoffs and bring in two to three new DPs next year, we can be a very good team. Kind of exciting if it happens. I, I've been talking about the whole you could you absolutely could wipe the slate clean with three DPs because you have Chicharito on an expiring contact contract. You could buy out Douglas Costa and you could loan out Kevin Cabral. I could I could fix I could make that happen. Um, that being said, I think if Douglas Costa continues to play the way that he's playing right now at the end, there is going to be a movement. And I think from a front office that maybe doesn't want to spend the money anymore, Kevin, um, to keep him for another year, because now he's got it figured out. Now he's he's good to go. Now you're going to get 34 games from him. Now this is when everything clicks in, right? No, th this payroll is not going down. It's it it. Greg Vanny is the coach. It's going to stay above twenty million and probably going to grow. There's chance of some new salary rules coming in, perhaps a, a, an additional DP, uh, uh, some other compensation things that are going to be happening. Uh, uh, that has to do with the TV contract. It has to do with the World Cup. It has to do with leagues. The leagues cup tournament with Mexico right. deepening the rosters. Spending is only going to go up. This this team could be at thirty million before too awful long. And Greg Vanny's history is he spends a lot of money, and they and the Galaxy knew that when they brought him in. Uh, quickly, I know we've talked about it. San Jose coming up on Saturday, nine twenty four. Galaxy looked like in good position to to play that game and, and to get some some points out of that game. And then it is home to RSL last home game on October first, seven thirty p.m. Fan appreciation time. day. Fan appreciation day. Uh, How much do they appreciate you, fans? Uh, Come and find out. Not not much if you go by the results of uh, of the last couple fan appreciation nights. I really want to go so back and look. We we looked it up last year before it happened to figure out when the last time the Galaxy uh, won the last game, last home game of the season, which is always fan appreciation night. So that's when he does it. And then, of course, the Galaxy traveled to Houston um, at 2 p.m. on October 9th. Uh, and that's when they will play the final game. And whether or not that game means anything or not, we will find out. So uh, the Stanford game is a night game, correct? It is 7.30, no, 7. It is 7 p.m. TV start time, 7.08 p.m. kickoff. The game is on Spectrum Sportsnet and LAGalaxy.com. Uh, that is a Saturday, September 24th. And, and see, that's incorrect. It's not Stan Stanford Stadium is in Stanford. Stanford has a post office. I know that because my sister went there. It's in Palo Alto. That's where, that's where that's where that's where that's where you stay, and then you walk to <laughs> the stadium. That's where you yes. and you walk to the stadium. It's in Palo okay, Alto. But when you walk to the stadium, you cross the border into what city? Arizona Stanford. State also has its own zip code, its own post okay. office. It is in Tempe. All right. Okay. I'm just saying that's that's how these things work. It's in Palo Alto. You can argue all you want. Stanford's in Palo Alto. Ask people who go yeah, to Stanford. You didn't even you didn't even catch on. I just slipped in that my sister went to Stanford. Let's just, no. As if that somehow reflects on me. I was going to say, what does that have anything to do with you? I don't think <laughs> good for your sister. I mean, that's I lived really in Mountain View for a while. I, I know somebody who went to Stanford. Who, 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 Todd there you go. Todd Donovan. That's who I know who went to study. Well, I know Christian press. Oh, that's good. See, she, did she go to Stanford too? She went to Stanford too. Huh? She did. Okay. Yeah. So see, we, we, we know a lot of people who went. She uh, is super smart. She graduated with like hoity toity honors, like way up there. Smarter than you and me. 
<laughs> Everyone Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, I was going to say Cal <laughs> yeah. State Fullerton, Arizona State for sure. Chapman. <laughs> oh, is Chapman that University. is that? I, okay, Chapman. Chapman. Undergraduate degree from Chapman. Okay, that's cool. My 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 high school girlfriend went to Chapman. Yeah, so did John Eastman. So my degree means absolutely nothing now. <laughs> Poor Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, John Eastman. Poor Kevin, always trying to, de- to gr- degrade his own degree. Um, if we look at points per game, or excuse me, points per month, the LA Galaxy have one more game coming up in September. They get that first win in there. Again, fairly impressive run. You, uh, If you're looking at this charts, there's lots of red in the, in the months beforehand, and then you get into August, and they lost the first game in August, and then they didn't lose until that third game in September, and now they have a chance to close out uh, September with you know another win, a draw, something like that that sort of keeps everything going. 12, 12, and 7. 43 points for the LA Galaxy. Again, we're targeting 48, so just five more points to get out of a total of nine points with three games remaining. 1.39 is your points per game, and I just happen to have the points per game chart. They are almost dead locked even with 2021. 2021 finished with 1.41 points per game. 2022 right now at 1.39. And the overall average, which is pretty interesting, uh, the overall average for LA Galaxy teams across the entire 26, 27 years, whatever it is. I can't remember how many years it is. How many how many years are we have they played now? It's so many seasons. I can't even think. Think. Yeah. Well, they started, and in, 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 this is the 27th season, isn't it? I think so. Or is it 26? They started in 20, in 1996, so 26. But what does our friend Nate Silver say? Uh, oh, that was a good one. I, I have it. Hold on. I, I put it in a tab, and I close it over here. So 538 now predicts that the LA Galaxy have a 79% chance to make the playoffs. And, and, and who's below them? Real Salt Lake and uh, Portland. Seattle, Portland is at 79%. Ah, uh, okay. In the West, Minnesota is at 87%. Uh, they have, let's see, Real Salt Lake at 35%. Seattle with yeah. just a 17% chance to make the playoffs now. Vancouver with a 4% chance. That is as low as it goes until you get to the less than ones, and Colorado is a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. There you go. I mean, it's it's coming. Okay. It's coming. Um, we're going to, and, and it's interesting just to see this. The only game happening this weekend is, is in terms of major league soccer is the LA galaxy, uh, traveling well, up to Seattle. Game? That Seattle game is being played on like a Tuesday. I'm sure they're real pleased with that. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Seattle. And is it Seattle and Cincinnati? Yeah. It's three days after it's nine 27 Seattle FC's and FC Cincinnati. That's when that is. So, um, it's not over the weekend. It, they will play during the international break, but it's not over the weekend. And that means that I think some of the Seattle players are getting released early from their international camps and are going to come back and, and actually play. That's how game. big MLS, that's how big this Western conference playoff race is. Guys are getting sent home by their international teams. Well, and the other part about this is play FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati played a big part in the LA galaxy, being able to jump over RSL with uh, Cincinnati beating RSL at home. Uh, and that is Pat Noonan. That is Dominic Kinnear, right? Uh, is Kenny arena there too? I think Kenny, yes. yeah, Kenny Arena, yes. Arena is there too. They have a large LA, you know, former LA Galaxy coach contingent uh, within that that program, and they are playing. So they're playing great. They have uh, a, a good win streak or, or an unbeaten streak as well. It might be. I think it's like fourteen or something like that. They're they've played really really well uh, in recent times. I forgot. I, I, some some article just sort of pointed them out. FC Cincinnati is is you know sort of hot on the on the trot and sort of headed trying to to get into uh, all those good positions as well so fc cincinnati another team to sort of watch as we wrap things up all right um 
Let's see. Somebody's. Uh, I'll clarify there. I'm just seeing things in the chat room before we we go. Um, Lex says I believe all three years on Pooja's contract are Tam. Absolutely, 100% correct. However, if you're the LA Galaxy and you want to keep him, uh, perhaps you might have to make him a DP just in order to pay him more money because he is going to be that good. And and you can do that anytime. You can just tear up the contract yeah, and say we're signing. It. You can say let's have a new contract, and that's when you will do that. So the and as long as everybody agrees to that, they go ahead and do it. Um, but the bottom line is the Galaxy control control him right now. And yes, there is a Barca buyback, but we were talking, I think, on Thursday night show, and I, certainly we were talking about the game. We were talking with Scott French and Damian Calhoun. Um, we were talking about how somebody's going to pick up the phone in the winter and call the LA Galaxy about Ricky Poosh. 100% somebody's going to call the LA Galaxy and talk about Ricky Poosh. And how much money is on that, and how much money do you can, you, can the LA Galaxy turn down? Because and, it and could be a large number. Be- and those people are going to be calling Ricky too. And you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, Ricky, don't lose this number. Ricky, don't lose this number. That's right. You don't hey, want to call nobody else. You, that's right. You want, you want to come to us for $30 million or whatever it's going to end up being. I mean, it could be a large number. I'm not saying the LA Galaxy move him, but there very well could be an offer this winter and you could hear rumors about it. So just, again, everybody take a deep breath, understand. And, and who's who's replacing Chicharito? Remember that rumor? Uh, Luis Suarez yes. in, in the wintertime. That could also, I mean, maybe Ricky Bush wants to play with Luis Suarez. You can't say that he wouldn't want to play with Luis Suarez, right? Maybe part of it is to make sure you keep Ricky happy now that he's here and now that he's on a TAM contract. You can sort of, and he took a pay cut. Again, we've realized he's took a pay cut in order to come to LA Galaxy. One of the things I've heard is they need to get rid of Costa and, well, and Chicharito's contracts out, but Costa and, and, uh, um, um, Cabral, um, Cabral, Cabral, Uh because they're signing. Three DPs are going to get Neymar, Ronaldo, and Messi. This, oh, that's right, all three of them. That's right. Yeah, that's how it works. You're, you're gonna, you know you're going to hear that rumor. The Galaxy are tied to everybody. It it always is. It always is. All right. Uh, I think that about does it for tonight. We're going to have a game, or excuse me, a show on Thursday night where we will once again get you ready for a Saturday game against San Jose. So we'll uh, we'll fire that one up. I think uh, I'm trying to convince Sophie to to work with me on Thursday night because the Hammer had his whole tow truck incident on the last one, so he has to go in the penalty box for a little while. Because uh, his rental car died, and he had to do the podcast from the cab of the tow truck. So, yeah. Oh, straight red. Straight. Yeah, he's in. Tra- he's in the no, doghouse. Wait, 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 wait a minute. This is one of those things. Does a comeback a gritty point, or or does he get grit points for doing it from the truck, or does he get the red card because he wound up in the truck in the first place? If we are being honest, the twist of the tow truck was excellent content. Uh, okay. And we were laughing the whole time because I'm like, well, I go, we never would have planned it. But I guess doing a podcast from a tow truck is probably a pretty good idea. Like, you know, it's not horrible. It is. It is good content. It worked well. We made it. I think I think the show flowed well. So he's not in trouble. I'm just kidding. I well, just which, Sophie's and, and which one of the two podcasting emotions did he display? Uh, excitement. He was riding in a tow truck. Oh. They had the yellow lights on yeah. and everything. That's that'd be exciting. Oh, yeah. Right. Come on. That's a good. Yeah. Time. All right. Uh, I think that will uh, that will sort of uh, do it for us tonight. LA Galaxy get a 4-1 victory. Uh, excellent performances by Gaston Bergman, uh, Ricky Pouge, uh, Raheem Edwards with a crazy goal. Not necessarily a great performance, but a crazy goal. Um, you got Chicharito with an excellent uh, half pirouette back heel that was, that was outstanding. And then the whole lead up to that Chicharito goal was Julian Araujo and Douglas Costa and everything else. So a lot of really good performances for the LA Galaxy on a night where they needed the win. They got the win. 4-1 is the final. Again, the only red mark or the only... Black mark. Red card. Yeah, black mark or red card against the LA Galaxy is Douglas Costa. And I did, if you listen to my post game, like whenever I'm driving down the freeway, I do a Twitter spaces and talk about what I just heard from the press conference and my thoughts on the game. If you hear that, I had a much longer, like, you know, sort of 
you can't trust Douglas Costa to to be the guy whenever he's not willing to sort of, you know, understand the situation and what he's doing because realistically Douglas Costa being gone and him not being available for the formation to repeat everything to try to keep everything the same that you just dismantled somebody with and keep that rolling towards the playoffs is gone because Douglas Costa decided to get a red card um, and he decided to he wasn't egged into getting a red card he decided to get a red card and to me uh, with all the people claiming that Chicharito is the most selfish player ever in the history of things because he seems to elicit strong emotions from people, uh, I would sit there and look at Douglas Costa and his reactions, even when he's playing well, um, have not been in the best interest of the LA Galaxy a lot of times. And I think that's this is the best case. So if you well, go back and there's let, a, yeah, There's a reason why he's played for six or seven teams. A guy with that talent. He's, he's so good. And and like it, he hasn't shown that in this year and he hasn't been that player. But whenever he was the player that he was, he was so good with everything he did. And there was just the, he wasn't that level against um, Colorado, but he has the ability, I think, still to to approach something that's 75 percent of that level. And if that's the case, 75 percent of that in Major League Soccer with him working as hard as he did against Colorado, which I thought he worked his butt off, uh, came back and played defense, tracked back, did all the things that he was supposed to do. Um, you know, you you would take that. You would take that as a designated player if you got if you got that sort of performance out well, of him. He he was a World Cup player for Brazil. Tough club to make. Yeah, yeah. So he will he will be suspended a hundred percent for the San Jose game. We may not hear about the additional game suspension until after the San Jose game, uh, because they love to do that. Uh, they, there's nothing going on. They have no games to look at out th for this week, but they will wait until after the San Jose game, the disco to give him additional games. Sometimes they let the team, you know what know. that's called when they don't address that question and they just let that thing linger and they don't answer it. That's called the disco duck, the disco. Yeah. <laughs> no, we need to end like the show. The show needs to be over. When are we going on the train ride? Uh, I already did. No, I'm, I'm all train rided out for at least like a week, week and a half, a hundred percent. So, all right. Uh, I think we're good. You good? I'm good. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Disco, disco duck. No, we, no, absolutely not. Uh, if you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at kbaxter11. Please head on over to latimes.com for all of Kevin's wonderful articles. He'd be happy to have you as a subscriber to his newsletter as well. So latimes.com, look for Kevin Baxter and subscribe to that newsletter. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast, corner of the galaxy.com is where you can find all of our podcasts, all of our uh, media calls, all that fun stuff is posted cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Guessman, and you've been listening, you've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast, and be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes. Stitcher and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.